Today's reading is from Genesis chapter 37, verses 1 to 11. Jacob lived where his land had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Ishmael loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word of him. Joseph had a dream and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, Listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly a sheaf rose up and stood upright, while your sheaves gathered round mine and bound down to it. His brother said to him, Do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Come to Joseph, my goodness me, what a life Joseph had, isn't he? He is the comeback king. Joseph just seems to face trial and difficulties that we cannot even imagine in our own lives. Um, Yet he seems to come back. He seems to flourish. He seems to um, have this resilience in life in which he can, can overcome and can face really, really difficult challenges. But in the midst of the challenges, seems to have this focus. I'm not going to live in misery. I'm not going to live in despair. I'm not, I'm not going to live in hopelessness. Um, but I believe in a God who has plans for me. I believe in the dreams that God has given me. And I believe there's more to life than this moment I'm living in. And so if there's more to life than the moment I'm living in, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make the most of the time I'm in. Isn't that really difficult, isn't it? How do you make the most of the time you're living in if it's a time of despair and heart and loss and pain? Um, the temptation is to become grumpy and, and sad and, and, and depressed and despairing and hopeless. Um, but that doesn't get us anywhere, does it? It doesn't help us. Uh, I never heard anybody saying, well, I went through that time of despair and hopelessness and darkness and, and difficulty. And I, and, I, and I came out the other end feeling great and fantastic. What a wonderful experience. You might come out transformed and changed, but you're not going to say it was a wonderful experience but Joseph seems to have a different response to challenges and difficulties so let's look a bit about his life and we can understand perhaps a bit more of how he overcomes how he's so resilient how he manages to get in face adversity but in that adversity he manages the challenges beliefs he could believe you know my life's going downhill or my life's going uphill and God's got plans for me and Joseph always believes that God's got plans that life is is going upwards he's got this um, optimism uh, and he's always looking at the consequences I think you know if I'm facing this challenge if I ch- face it with negativity where's it going to take me 
you know, down. If I face it with positivity and try to make the best of it, it's going to be better. And he always seems to do this, and, and he's always challenging his own perceptions, his own thoughts to get the best outcome that he wants from his life. He's always challenging evidence of his circumstances. I'm sure people told Joseph, it's hopeless, Joseph, give up, give in. But he doesn't seem to give in, and he manages to move on in his life and, and, and each stage of his life where he faces difficulty, he seems to improve his situation rather than make it worse. Isn't that great? That's the kind of life I want, that when I face adversity and difficulty, that I overcome in life. And that's what the Bible teaches us. The, the Bible teaches us when we face difficulties and adversity and challenges, if we face them with positivity and, and optimism and, and, and see it as an opportunity to grow and move on, then our life will flourish. I, I think that's just incredible. The Bible teaches that with so many characters. But Joseph, from he was from very young age, from 17 years old, it seemed to all start going wrong with him and for him. And Joseph was the son of Jacob, who was the patriarch of Israel. His mother was Rachel, the love of Jacob's life. You know, see, um, he was married to Leah as well, but he 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 had to marry Leah to get married to Rachel. And his love for Leah was not the same as it was for Rachel. And so Joseph was the son that came from Rachel. So he was special in that way. He was also the son of Joseph's, Joseph's um, of Jacob's old age. So he was one of the youngest sons. And um, um, he was the son of an old age. And, and Jacob valued him for that reason. And so Joseph lived with a bit of favoritism. Um, and he got a lot of priority from his father, even buying him a, a, a special coat, which we talk about coat of many colours, but he even got special clothing and a special treatment from Jacob. And obviously a combination of um, Jacob's favouritism, but also Joseph's attitude to that favouritism stirred up hatred amongst his brothers. And... Um, and, and also Joseph, he was a bit of a snitch, really. You know, he was a bit of a snitch. He was always, always, he was always, um, obviously grassing up his his um, older brothers, always telling his father things that maybe he should keep to himself to save him getting into trouble and saving problems in his family and in his life. And his brothers were jealous at times, and they felt like they they could really kill him, they could strangle him, they could really, this, this, this Joseph boy is really, really annoying, really, really frustrating. You know, we just can't, can't cope with him being around anymore. And then to add to that, Joseph has two dreams, these two dreams that, that come from God that, that tell Joseph that something significant, something incredible is going to happen with your life. You know, you're not going to be an ordinary person. Um, God has plans for you, and these dreams are speaking into these plans for Joseph, and he has a he has a dream of sheaves of grain bowing down to Joseph. That's his brothers and his family, his mum and dad bowing down to Joseph. And then he has another dream: the sun, the moon, and eleven stars bowing down to Joseph again. And um, this just really infuriates his brothers. Even even his mum and dad are upset him at this time and saying, "Come on, Joseph, you know, do you really need to share this? Do you want? Do you really want to show us?" How, how amazing you are and how, how incredible you are that we're all going to bow down to you. How arrogant is that? What kind of attitude is that, Joseph? But you can imagine at 17 years old, he was probably, um, as we say in Glasgow, quite gallus. He has quite an attitude. 
he seems to have, Joseph. And his brothers comment to Joseph, do you intend to rule over us? And I imagine Joseph said, well, if that's what the dream God's given me, yeah, that's the way it will be. So I don't, I don't see him just backing down and being quiet. So now his brothers plan to kill Joseph. And this opens up, um, and an opportunity opens up for him. So his brothers, um, they get an opportunity where Joseph comes along, sent by his father, and they grab him, and they decide that they're going to kill him. But instead of killing him, they put him down a well. And then instead of killing him, they come to the idea, let's sell him into slavery. So Joseph, here he is. He's had these amazing dreams about how his family are going to bow down before him, how all the, what the plans that God has for him. And so here's Joseph amazing dreams for his life and his brothers want to kill those dreams and I don't know if you've been in those situations where people or circumstances or difficulties have threatened to kill your dreams, threatened to kill those things that God have placed upon your life, maybe you've had prophecies over your life, maybe you've had declarations maybe you have people say you know you're going to do incredible things for God, you're going to do incredible things in industry and in life that God has a plan and a purpose for you, and you feel that maybe life circumstances, people have squeezed that out of you and squeezed those dreams for you. But don't give up on those dreams, because we're going to see from Joseph, if Joseph had given up, he's given up on his dreams, then he wouldn't have got as far as he did. So he sold into slavery in Egypt. And um, rather than Joseph being, being miserable and sad, and upset, um, he becomes the slave of a man called Potiphar, and Potiphar sees that that Joseph is quite capable, and um, and God places his favour upon Joseph's life. That God says, "This is a person um, that I'm going to bless, no matter where they are and what circumstance they are, and I'm going to help them to flourish." and move on and develop even against the most difficult circumstances. So when God's hand is upon our lives, um, and when God's favour is upon our lives, we can do incredible things even in the most difficult places. So we've got to pray for God to put his favour on his life. God, I want your favour. God, I want you to look at my life, and I want you to say, I want to do you to do something with my life. God, I want you to do something with me. Gary, God, just, just show me some favour so that I, I, I can work through the circumstances that I'm in. And he becomes the head of Potiphar's household. He's in charge of everything. So he goes from uh, being a, 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 a slave to being in charge of Potiphar's household and the head of Potiphar's household. That's incredible. And I'm sure that that Joseph was not in the best place in his life, mentally, physically, or emotionally. He could have chosen to bear grudges against his brothers. He could have chosen to go into despair, to live in unforgiveness, to have wrong beliefs and attitudes, to be spiteful, bitterness, and regret. And we're all looking for those excuses at times, aren't we, where we can just spout something out, our regret, our, our bitterness, our spitefulness, you know, that, that, that tends to be part of, can be part of our nature as human beings, that we just need something to give us an excuse to, spite out, to spell out those horrible and bad things within our lives. And Joseph found a way, he said, I'm not going to do that. 
when I'm a difficult situation, I'm not going to choose spiteful bitterness. I'm not going to let rubbish and, and foulness and dirt and, and horribleness spill out my life and my mouth because that's not going to get me anywhere. That's just going to put me down and I want to go up. That's amazing. And the thing is, when you have this bitterness and spitefulness and you live in regret and constantly regret, and, and to be honest, a lot of people I meet past you and different things, is regret's a big part of life. I know in my life, I mean, regret's something that comes back again and again and again and something the enemy uses to think, you know, well, why didn't you do this? Why didn't that happen? If you'd made this decision here, in this circumstance, you'd done this. This regret, it cripples you and disables you and, and brings you down and you... You, you just can't function in life because you're living in the past and regrets and things you could have done rather than thinking about what can I do now? Because every regret brings an opportunity. And it's to live in the opportunity you have now and be the person God wants you to be now in this opportunity. You know, in bitterness and foulness and regret and, and rub, foreign rubbish out, it does not produce happiness a good life or a good outcome. You can read it anywhere in the Bible. You can read the stories from Genesis right through to Revelation. The people who choose happiness, uh, who choose bitterness and spitefulness and regret and, and wrong beliefs and despair and grudges, the, their life doesn't go in a good direction. I think that's universal. I don't think that's just in the Bible. I think that's you can just observe life and read stories in newspaper that, that does not produce happiness. And so, therefore, we want the things in our lives that produce happiness, a good life, and good outcomes. And Joseph just seemed to have resilience in the bucket load. He keeps bouncing back from setback upon setback. I hope you're enjoying this more than Isabella, because she's falling asleep in the sofa here. So, <laughs> wake up, Isabella. Yeah. And, and Joseph, he chooses a future. He, he is hopeful. He has faith in God. He holds on to his dreams, even though they seem so ridiculous as a slave in Egypt. How can he have dreams? How will people, how will people bow his family or people bow before him? How will he be placed, put in a place of significance? And he chooses this state. He, he chooses this approach to his life when his surroundings or state of being will not change for the foreseeable future. See, his, his circumstances aren't going to change for this foreseeable future. Even if he's the head of Potiphar's house, he's still a slave. And who, who wants to be a slave? And so he recognises his circumstances might not change for the foreseeable future. His life and his surroundings might not change for the foreseeable future. His, his state of mind or being will not change for the foreseeable future. But Joseph says, so right, I'm a slave. So I may as well be the top slave. Isn't that a great attitude? <laughs> you know, if you're in your work and, and you're, you're the ministry at the bottom of the ladder, why not say, well, I'm a ministry at the bottom of the ladder, but you know what? I'm going to be the top administrator in a few years' time. If you're working in McDonald's, and well, you won't be working there just now, but if you're, if you're on furlough from McDonald's and, you're, and you're, you're, you're cleaning the floors, why not think, well, I'm going to be the manager in McDonald's? You know, why don't we set our aspirations to say, I can achieve, you know, wherever I am at the bottom of the ladder, whether you work at Rolls Royce, where you work at Toyota, whatever your circumstances are, um, the way you're a minister like me, you know, you can say, well, actually, I'm going to be the best that I can be in the situation that I find myself. And I'm going to take all the opportunities that come my way to flourish and have the best life 
in my circumstances, even if these surroundings and circumstances won't change in the short time. And then he comes into another difficulty. His master is called Potiphar, and Potiphar's wife takes a fancy to Joseph. She's really attracted to him. She really likes him, and she wants to come into a relationship with Joseph. But Joseph's not having any of it. He's a righteous man. He, he sees that Potiphar's given him so much responsibilities, and he doesn't want to dishonor Potiphar. He wants to honor him, and there's no way that he would take advantage of this situation, even if it would make his life easier. And then he finds himself in a really difficult circumstances, you know, with Potiphar's wife. And she manages to grab his garment. And as he runs away from her, his garment tears and, and it all looks very suspicious. And it all looks very awkward for Joseph. And it all goes downhill from there. And Potiphar's wife makes accusations against him. And Joseph goes from being a slave to being a prisoner. Oh, my goodness me. You know, bad not being a slave, but being a slave in prison. What next? But what does Joseph do? Does Joseph despair and give up because he's in prison? No, because God puts favour on his life again. And the prison guard in um, the prison sees Joseph's attitude. He sees the way that Joseph lives. He sees the way Joseph relates to people. He sees how Joseph digs into the prison and gets involved. And, um, he, and the prison guard shows favour to Joseph. And Joseph ends up as being the head of the prison. <laughs> So you think, I went to prison, I'm a prisoner, now I'm going to be, you know what, I may as well be the head of the prison, because it's better being head in the prison than being the bottom of the prison. It's uh, just amazing attitude of Joseph again. And then in prison, he has the opportunity to meet a, a, a baker and a cup bearer, and they have dreams. One has a nightmare, and um, um, they ask Joseph, they tell Joseph his dreams and Joseph says, well, God can interpret these dreams. And he says to the baker, well, in three days you're going to be killed by Pharaoh. So you better get yourself prepared. And then the cupbearer, you're going to be restored by Pharaoh and go back to Pharaoh's court. And he says to the cupbearer, when you go to back to Pharaoh's court, can you remember me? Can you put a good word in for me so that I can get out of this prison? And, um, and of course, the cupbearer forgets Joseph. And Joseph ends up in prison till he's 30 years old or, or plus. So um, we can see that Joseph spent a long, long time in prison. And from 17 years old, being sold as a slave, to over 30 years old, still a prisoner. I don't know what his state of mind was, what his relationship with God was like, or or how how he was dealing with it. But he seemed he seemed to be saying. I want to be the, do the best that I can do in the prison. I want to, to run this prison. And so eventually the, the Pharaoh has a dream and, and nobody can interpret this dream. And then the cupbearer remembers Joseph who interpreted his dream in the prison. And he says to Pharaoh, I know a man who may be able to interpret this dream. And then Pharaoh gets Joseph brought to him and Joseph is tidied up and put new garments on so I imagine Joseph was in quite a bad state of smell and dress and he had to be cleaned up and dressed up to come before Pharaoh uh, because he wouldn't be in a great condition locked in a prison and then Pharaoh says I've been told that you can interpret my dream and Joseph says I can't interpret your dream so we're meeting a new humble a different Joseph and Joseph says, I can't interpret your dream, but my God can interpret your dream. 
My God can help you. My God can speak into your circumstances. My God can um, help you, Pharaoh, here. Let me introduce you to my God. Isn't that amazing? You know, if you're meeting other people who are in struggles and difficulties and circumstances, introduce them to your God. Because your God who helped you out and he's your God who will help them. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them about the hope that you have from your salvation. Share that. And so Joseph, in humbleness, he's met God in a powerful way in that prison. There's no doubt about it. He's met God in a powerful way. He's transformed and changed beyond all circumstances because he goes and says, Pharaoh, it's not me who can interpret your dream. It's God. What an attitude. And then says Pharaoh, so, in, so they asked, Pharaoh asked him to interpret his dreams. And um, so Pharaoh um, tells him about the dreams that he has and, and Joseph interprets them to say that, you, that, that, that Egypt's going to have seven years in which it's going to flourish and seven bad years of pestilence and drought. Uh, and so Pharaoh said, well, you've interpreted the dream. You seem a man with a plan who can, you can face difficulties and challenges and overcome. So I'm going to put you in charge of the whole of Egypt. And so from a, from a, a brother who's, who's, whose brothers are jealous of him, to being stuck in a well, to being a slave, to being a prisoner, to being the head of all of Egypt. That's incredible, isn't it? So head of this, head of all this, head of Potiphar's household, head of the prison, head of Egypt. It's amazing how what, what God has done with Joseph in this situation. And so Joseph comes up with a plan for a pandemic, <laughs> for a for a country that's going through challenges and it's going to face challenges and difficulties. He said, let's store up the grain and the food for seven years and let's give it out. And when it comes to the bad time, people can come and get it in shares to the amount they've contributed to. And so Joseph becomes the saviour of Egypt and he saves Egypt from pestilence and from plague because he stored up the things that they need when disaster come. And the same thing in our country where we need to build up our NHS and uh, buy lots of PPP, PPE and have it in stock. All these things that the government are struggling with at the moment. Joseph was making the same plans for Egypt at that time when they would face their crisis and their, their disaster. Isn't it amazing how even in thousands of years ago we're still facing the same issues today and we still need people of wisdom who know what to do in crisis and difficult circumstances. And then um, Joseph then has to, Joseph becomes the head of Egypt and his family come to visit them, visit him and they come to get food. And I won't go on to the rest of the story, but Joseph looks for ways in which he can reconcile his family. He meets his brothers again, but he tests his brothers to see if they're really changed. He, Joseph's changed. He's a different person. And when he sees his brothers, his heart cries out and weeps because he wants to reveal himself. He wants to say, I'm your brother Joseph, but he doesn't want to reveal himself until he's tested them to see, have they changed? Has something happened in their lives? That they've got a different attitude that they showed me when I was their brother? Are they loving? Are they caring? Are they respectful? Is their attitude to life different? And so Joseph is looking for family reconciliation, but he's looking for change and repentance and that family as well, so that things can move positively. And even at the end of the story, when he's reconciled with his family and his father's there and his brother's there and they're all crying and weeping and reconciliation, his brother's there and we're really sorry for what we did to you, Joseph. And, 
Uh, you know, we should never have done it. You know, we should never have sold you into slavery. And, and Joseph says, what you intended for evil, God used for good. Isn't that amazing? And Joseph says, what you intended for evil and to bad for me, God intended for good. And salvation and hope and a hope for a people, hope for a land, hope for a future. We're all created through God working through my life. So evil came my way, but God made good happen. So evil may come your way, but God can make good happen out of it. And so when you're in that place and evil and difficulty or challenges are coming against you, don't sink down, but be resilient. Bounce back like Joseph and say, even though evil comes and people bring evil against me, God will make good of it. And God will use it for blessing. So I pray that God will bless you and anoint you and be with you at this time. So I'm going to pray and then I'm going to hand back to to Doug to lead us in our, our last song of worship. So Father God, we praise you and worship you and glorify you. We thank you for the saints of of our, our faith, like Joseph, Lord, with so much we can learn from Joseph, so much that we can get from his life. And Father, we just pray that when evil and difficulties and challenges come against our life, Lord, we pray that you will use them for good in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray that when we have a mindset and attitude of despair and hopelessness, Lord, of bitterness, of um, anger and regret, Lord, that you will break those feelings now in Jesus' name, that you will break those emotions and bind them in the blood of Jesus and not let them have authority and power over our lives anymore. But, Lord, you fill our lives with happiness and, and a good outcome, a purpose and a plan for the future, Lord, that we can trust in you, Lord, with all our heart, that we don't lean on our own understanding, as the Proverbs say, but in all our ways, in all our difficulties, in all our challenges, we acknowledge you and, and know that you will make a way, that you will take us through this. Lord, that we will rejoice, that we will rejoice in all circumstances and that in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Live in these promises, I pray. Don't give in to fear. Don't give in to bitterness. Don't give in to those emotions. They'll never bring you a happy life. They'll never enable you to flourish. But choose the way that Joseph did and say, how, how, can, I, how can I be the top of the ladder? How, how can I be the best that I can be even in circumstances that I don't want to be in? In Jesus' name. Amen.